Welcome. You're listening to Namachon Makipazo. My name is Miranda Hannes. I'm from the Standing Buffalo, Dakota Nation in Saskatchewan. I'm a podcast producer. I was hired for the Pekiskwewin Project to record and produce podcasts featuring Indigenous languages spoken across Saskatchewan. Some people learn their languages at home, but many Indigenous people, like myself, did not have that opportunity. Years of colonial policies took away our languages. But with resilience and determination, we're regaining the knowledge of our Indigenous languages, culture, and identity. But where do we start? How do we ask for help? Should we take classes or seek out people to teach us individually? These are just a few questions I want to answer in this podcast. I want to look to Indigenous people for inspiration, First Nation people, Métis people, in cities and in their communities. People who are really taking up the challenge to learn their language. talk with Darian Adjakoti. Darian is from the Cowessis First Nation in Treaty 4 territory in Saskatchewan. Cowessis is home to both Cree and Soto language speakers. But when Darian was growing up, he didn't learn either language, only English. His family didn't speak Cree, and there were no Indigenous language classes in high school. Darian's enrollment in post-secondary set him on his language journey. In this interview, he shares his dream of bringing language back to his community. Darian Chigati, Chigashan, Nehiania, Nishnabe, Mitin, Matakota. My name is Darian Achkate. I'm a Cree, Soto, and Dakota. Um, my family, no ago magana causes us kungini kochiwak. Nago mina nista ego te ochian. Nini gegok nana po causes us kungini kochiwiawak. Nanotawi de lorma svikasu, ego nikawi achkete svikasu. Nistam ki peto teota nikichian skotapan, eighteen eighty two askew and kagi spike. So, like I said, my name is Darian Achkete and, um, my family is from the Kauzus First Nation or Kauzus Reserve. And that's where I'm from as well. I'm from the Kauzus First Nation. Uh, both of my parents are from Kauzus. Uh, my dad is the Delorme from Kauzus and my mom is the Achkate, where I get my last name from. Uh, my family's always been from Kauzus since treaty times, since um, treaty's been signed. I think my great-great-great-grandfather first came to Kauzus in 1882, but he was a chief of his own band at that time, and he joined Kauzus, him and his band joined Kauzus at that time. Okay. Um, is Are there a lot of uh, Cree speakers on, on Kauzus? What's, what's the language is spoken on, on uh, in your community? Uh, I'm just going to say it in Cree real quick. Then I'll translate for you. Okay. 
moi aoia keesine o etsik. Magi gaien o pigiskoe unne ja takuki ego tees kongenik. Pisse toevanes et kui ego tege api teen kiapits. Maga moi aoia ke mostine hi oima tuttaatutsik. Nigi vaan itana na pigiskoe unan kajasis. Ajame hauikis kromaatu eka miksin nigi maskam megonaan. So nobody is actively speaking Cree or any indigenous language on Kauzus at the moment. Uh, there's no language present there other than, of course, English. Like You will still maybe hear little words here and there, but nobody is just simply speaking Cree to each other anymore. Uh, we lost our language quite a while ago. Uh, the residential school that was on the reserve itself uh, was a big part of, of that, taking our la- indigenous languages away from us. Uh, not only Cree, but Soto, Nakota, Assiniboine, uh, Machif, and even some Dakota were spoken on the reserve. All these different kinds used to be there on the reserve. But today... Uh, you won't hear you won't hear much people or anybody, in uh, fact, uh, speaking an indigenous language. We we uh, language laws hit hit our area, hit our reserve pretty hard, and uh, that's why most most today everybody is, just speaks English. That's the only language they know. Um, so, what made you want to learn your language? Was there somebody who inspired or inspired you? Um. Well, in the beginning, I wasn't really keen on learning my language. Like, uh, I could say, Environmental studies. My student advisor, German, Japanese, French, my degree so I initially just wanted to leave my reserve. Like I grew up on my reserve until I was about 17. About I was just about to turn 18. I was 17, turning 18, when I uh, decided that that um, you know I, I I might as well you know go out into the world and explore. And um, even living on the reserve is nice. Nice being around family, but uh, at a certain time you do have that thought where you know there's more that you can do so that's what i did is that i initially just wanted to leave my reserve and going to school going to university was one of the avenues that i took to be able to leave the reserve um i was first going to start school actually for environmental studies uh when i was first choosing my classes my student advisor told me that i had to do language classes as part of my undergrad and uh, they told me that I could take different language classes, such as, uh, you know, German, Japanese, French. Uh, and then suddenly I just said, why? 
I, when I can start to learn my own language, you know, Cree. And at that point, I just started to take an interest in the language uh, through taking classes and I regularly visiting the First Nations University. And simply, I've just been learning up until this point. So it's been, been about five years since I started learning. Uh, I just finished my degree uh, in the spring of last year in Cree language literacy. And I'm now working towards a master's in Indigenous language education. And you're also are, you're also uh, teaching it as well with Solomon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and also I'm teaching Cree at the university there. Okay. Um. So what what sort of challenges uh, did you sort of have, and and what sort of kept you going? Uh, speak English now. <laughs> like um, the biggest challenge for me as a learner, especially, is um, not having anybody to really speak Cree to in my immediate family. Like I have people now in my life uh, through learning the language and being at First Nations University who fluently speak the language. You know, like Solomon. Um, you know, my, my good friend and colleague, Eric, I always go to him if I ever need help with anything. Uh, people like that, that I can have access to and speak with. But in my own immediate family, like my Lakota, my, 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 my mom, my dad, my grandparents, my uncles, my aunties, people who I go to see when I'm not, you know, in school, when, who I don't go to see just for a specific purpose. I just go visit my grandma, I go visit my mom, but nobody there speaks Cree, and that's what kind of takes me away. Um, that's one of the challenges is not having anybody to speak Cree to in just the context of family, you know, just sitting around a table. Most of the times when I do speak Cree, it's on a very specific topic. So I know, kind of have an idea of how what I'm going to say or how I'm going to say how I'm going to say things. But in a family context, that's where I wish I kind of had um, more people to speak to because then it would just be speaking regularly, just as if we were speaking English. And that's one of the challenges. And especially here in southern Saskatchewan, where um, language loss is hit lots of reserves, many reserves down here in the south, pretty hard. It's 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 uh, difficult to find speakers like that. And most of them, they are the elders. They're the older ones, and you have to go and find them, uh, which isn't hard for me. But still, like I said, if I had more speakers just around in my own immediate family or even in my own friend, friend group, then I feel that would make uh, learning the language a little bit more easier. Okay. Um, like, how long have you been learning Cree for? Like, did you just start in university or did you start yeah. outside of university? No, I just started in university, like uh, 2016, I started learning the language. Uh, like like I said, I grew up on my reserve. I grew up on Kauzis until I was 17. Um, but nobody spoke it. Nobody speaks it out there. It's just all English out there. So I grew up knowing that I was uh, Cree, I was Soto, I was Dakota. But I didn't have the language of those kinds of you know, that background around me. I just kind of uh, grew into it as I came to the city and I started taking more language classes. I I just grew more into it and now that's why I'm, I'm hoping I can help others to learn the language so that we can grow more speakers, especially here in the South. And 
but yeah, I, I didn't grow up speaking it or I didn't grow up hearing it. I, I just first started learning it uh, in 2016 after I left the reserve. So that's what um, I always tell people, almost as a joke, uh, I'll tell people, you know, I had to leave the reserve to find my language, whereas most people, they say the reserve, I mean, the language is in the reserve. Like, that's where most people will learn it. But for me, it was kind of reversed because uh, I couldn't find nothing there. I, I didn't. I don't know anybody who speaks Cree on the reserve itself. We have about 4,000, almost 4,400 members registered to Cowsey's First Nation. But I think we only have one person. We used to have two, but I think uh, the the other one uh, sadly passed away. But I know we have one person who can actually speak an Indigenous language, but she lives in Edmonton, and she's a, she's an old, uh, she's an elder. Other than that, all the people who live on the reserve right now, um, nobody speaks. Um, what so? What do you tell people that that want to learn their language? What do I tell people? It's, you know, go out, find a language speaker, take language classes, listen to indigenous stories, go to storytelling sessions, pick up Cree resources, books. Even just you know, now that I'm able to teach and understand a bit of the language, I even just tell them just you know let's visit. You know, I'm I always go out to the reserve. I go visit my family. I'm out there. It's my it's my first home. I like to say my reserve because my second home is here in Regina. But I actually my my heart and you know my spirit and where I where I am is is on the reserve because I'm there all the time. And that's what I always tell them. Is, you know, just don't be scared because I I know how it could be for some people. They feel like it's a really daunting task to learn a language when you've not even been introduced to it, you know. You you know you're Cree, you know you're Soto, you know, you know you're Nakota, Dakota. Um, but you haven't been introduced to the language and that kind of is daunting on a person, on their spirit or on their on their, you know, their their mental because when they see other people speaking it, they're always like, Well how how could you understand that? Like I've been in that position where I've heard people speak and I have no idea what they said. And I could never think of myself as, you know, coming to understand things like that. Big, long words or really, um, really uh, big, big uh, sentences and stuff like that. But like I said, if, if I was to tell somebody who wanted to learn their language, it's just, you know, ah, come in, persevere. Just simply try because trying um, will get you somewhere, you know. If you don't try, you'll never know. And uh, always just try and go speak, find speakers, you know, especially if you're in those circles, powwow, ceremony. If you're really into culture, that's where you'll be able to pick up a lot of language. And it's more so on yourself to go and find it in those kinds of realms. Go talk to the old people, you know, listen to the stories. Any way you can learn the language, just try and do it. So is there is there something specific you tell your students? When they're getting discouraged, you know, I just same thing. I say, "Akamemo," you know, persevere. That's how. That's what that's in the language and see, "Akamemo," "Akamemo," make. You know, persevere through it. Don't give up. Because I've been at points like learning the language where I'm just not getting something. You know, that the teacher is like pushing it and pushing it, and they're really trying to make it understandable. But for some reason, in the English, like since I my first language is English. Um, 
it's hard for me to sometimes understand concepts or a hard time understanding them. But over time, the more you work with the language, the more that you put in the effort to try and learn it, to try and work with it and understand it, even though you might not feel like you're moving. You know, it feels like the train has stopped. It feels like you're not going anywhere. But actually, it's the gears inside that are working right now. Even though you're not moving, the gears inside are slowly moving and working, and soon you'll get moving, and then you'll start to understand, and you'll start to understand more and more. That's why I always tell my students, just don't give up, because I know how difficult it can be understanding a concept within the language uh, from an English point of view. But there comes a time, like when you're learning the language, where all of a sudden it just like just snaps. And then suddenly you start to understand. And that's kind of how it was for me. For the first two, almost three years of learning the language, I had a hard time, you know. I was I was like really having a hard time understanding concepts and how to understand the language itself, the complexities and uh, structure, everything like that. But uh, one day, just through my own self-study and, you know, working every day trying to understand, suddenly one day it just all snapped and, uh, I just started understanding more and more. And for me, it was all about trial and error. Eh? I tried something, speaking, writing, learning the language. I would try it. I'd go to a speaker. I'd go to Solomon. I'd go to Eric. I'd go to my my first professor, uh, late Darren Okamason Kagiti. And I would try to talk to them. I would try to say something that I wanted to say. And they would correct me in a good way, almost like supporting my mistakes so that next time when I try to say that same kind of phrase or try and make that same kind of sentence, I know where my mistake was and I'll be able to next time say it properly. Things like that is that it's a lot of trial and error. You just have to keep on trying to speak. And for me, that's what it was is just always try to speak, always try and be around people who will support you. Okay. Um, is there anything you want to add? Um, let's see. I'm just looking at all the questions that you gave me here. I think we got through most of the ones that <coughs> I wanted to talk about. Well, actually, there's one talking about language loss himself. Mm-hmm. Because it says, like, one I want to say, like, no, I go magana kiaya or kiamaha or kiskino amato egango. Exio my egio anitatic. And then he gave up moyo egati no biggest quaver. Now, Nicario caria, locum, absiski peto e wako niki hegwa, egi biggest quaver. Magana moya nocum kikiskrama go or niki gua yes, egi matis by hickoy. I am a how kiskino amato egango. The Chapana Kegonitans go tapana, Egio Chinihoe, Chick, Egomina, Nishna Bemwood. Maga Nitans go tapana, Moyaki no take his kira mawak, or tapistria was simsa. Taps go snitchapana simsa. Nitans go tapana, ki kitamahikoak, or tayamahaukis kira magiwa, they speak agia in each gate chick. Evagochi much can no take his kira mawak, or chow simsa. So for the, re- the reason why we don't speak language anymore or it's not on the reserve is, of course, residential school. Like my family uh, on both sides, 
attended residential school, and that's the reason why they lost it. Uh, more so talking about my mom's side of the family, like my parents never spoke an indigenous language. Like I never, I never grew up hearing my dad speak. I never grew up hearing my mom speak. And even my grandparents, like I never heard my grandpa, my Muslim, um or my Kukum speak in Cree. I was told that my Muslim, my dad's dad uh, spoke Cree, but by the time I was born, uh, he, he already had passed away. He was, he was about, let's see, I was born 1997, and my Mushum passed away 1999. And he was probably the last one that did speak Cree in my family, on my dad's side. But he never taught his kids. He didn't want to teach his kids how to speak the language because of what happened to him at residential school for speaking the language, uh, what he had to endure. Because his kids, my dad had to go to residential school, my aunties and my uncles and uh, my Muslim didn't teach them the language because of, you know, like I said, what happened to him in residential school, what he had to endure. Uh, but my mom's family, like my mom's mom, my Kokum, uh, she heard a little bit from her parents speaking. But same thing, my Kokum was never taught because of how the residential school had affected her parents, my great-grandparents. Uh, my great-grandparents and my great-great-grandparents were able to speak Cree and even Soto. I even had my, my great-great-grandma. She could speak Cree, Soto, Dakota, Machif, French, and Latin. And then, of course, she was learning English. She could speak English. So seven languages she could speak, my great-great-grandma. And she was uh, Dakota and Soto. And she learned all these different languages. But my great-great-grandparents did not want to teach their small children like my great-grandma's younger siblings, uh, because my great-great-grandparents had suffered uh, pretty bad when they were at residential school, too. So that's the reason why they did not want to teach their own children. So there was memories of my, like, in my grandma's, uh, my grandma's generation. Like, if I if I ever go talk to all my grandma's generation, you know, my grandma's cousins or people who are of the same age in their 60s, 70s, or 80s, they still do remember their parents and their grandparents speaking the language. But it's kind of cut off at that generation when residential schools were at their height, when the, uh, when the church really had a big influence over things that occurred at residential schools, you know, not allowing indigenous languages to be spoken. Uh, and I always laugh because, like, all four reserves in the Crooked Lake area, where I'm from, Kauzis, there's also Sakame, there's Sakame, Kauzis, Kakwishtahau, and Ochapwis. And they're all in the language. They're all in the language, all four of them. But you won't, you won't really hear language spoken on any of them. But I'm hoping now, with uh, especially today, with the emergence of more people caring about language, more young people wanting to learn, and just uh, and just the fact that we're able to speak it freely without being ridiculed or put down by others. Uh, I'm hoping that that will bring up, you know, encourage people to learn their language, encourage people to teach, and more so allow us to revitalize our languages within our own indigenous communities where it has been lost due to, you know, uh, residential schools or other effects. Uh, so that's part of the reason why even myself, I'm, I'm teaching here in the city, but my ultimate goal is to be able to take enough knowledge of the language itself 
from fluent speakers who teach in these kinds of facilities at First Nations universities, uh, at uh, city centers, at cultural centers in the city where I can find the language. And then I'm going to take it back and give back to my community and hoping that one day I'll be able to speak Cree with my fellow relatives or my fellow band members uh, in a setting where it's just as regular as a band meeting, you know. I'm I'm hoping that one day we're able to just regularly speak Cree with each other as if it wasn't no big deal. And that's what my ultimate dream is, is to be able to just bring our language back and revitalize it so that we can start just talking to each other again in our own languages. Okay, very well said. <laughs> okay. Um, I, have a, I have a question for you. If you could, you said something about persevere mm-hmm. in your language. Can you yeah. send me an email with the spelling of that? I'm trying to name the show. And actually that's yeah. sort of, I'm, I'd want to run that by as a, because like, I don't imagine there's anything for like, like, a, like a, any language translation for role model. Uh, but role I like, model? I, yeah, but I like one who guides others. Oh, there is okay. That's kind well. Of, that's, that's just my own interpretation of how I would see it. Okay, like we have a word. We have a word. It's it's a no to show someone the way. Oh, He shows people. The way basically he shows others the way he he guides others which would in in translation be almost like a role model okay but if you want to use that one word that's the one where it's kind of um that's the command form where you're you're telling someone you know persevere you can put it in this kind of form perseverance you know through hardship uh, even just through life, Akamemoin. So, either or, I can give you uh, words like that. Email them to you if you want. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, and then for all the Cree, all that the any of the Cree that I said, the translation is following it. I I I didn't I didn't just say Cree and then say something totally different in English. So mm-hmm. whenever I speak Cree, the following English. Uh, section, you know, whatever I say in English, right after that three phrase is what I translate. Just so that okay. you know. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Tante uh, Ochikia, where are you from? Uh, I My family's from Standing Buffalo, but I've lived in Regina my whole life. Oh, it's a Tante Yeah. Oh, really? Do you speak the Chota? No, very little. I don't uh, remember very much of it. It's like, yeah. Yeah, my great-great-grandma was from uh, Standing Buffalo. Okay. Yeah, my family yeah, is uh, uh, a Swiss and um, rider. Oh, really? I'm a, I'm a Deegan. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. in there, too. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, my great-great-grandma, her name was Mary Deegan. Uh she, her mom was a woman from Standing Buffalo long ago named uh, Loud Voiced Woman. But I guess uh, Loud Voiced Woman was married to an Irish, Irish guy named James Deegan who ended up joining Standing Buffalo. But um, when James Deegan was going to help fight against the Métis in the north, 
loud voiced woman thought that he was going to go basically march into his death. So she fled south and she went south when James Deegan went north. And when she went south, she came back up to stand in Buffalo and she was pregnant. And uh, she ended up having a baby. And that was my great great grandma, Mary Deegan. And she was half Dakota and then half black. Her dad, she we don't know who the dad was. He was he was a, he was African American. He was a black guy from the south there. And when she so she was a colored woman, my great great grandma. She was very she was dark. So my great grandpa, his name was Isidore Achkate, where I get my last name from, Achkate. He was also he looked black. He had the curly hair, he had the dark skin. Just his facial features looked First Nation because his dad was Soto, a full Soto blood. So he had really, fa- his facial features were that of a First Nation. But in residential school, my great-grandpa, he got it pretty bad, eh? Because not only was he First Nations, but he also looked very black. So when he went to residential school, he got not only abused and, you know, put down by the, the religious people, like the teachers, because he was, you know, a native. He could speak Soto and Cree. He was just a little tiny guy and got picked on, but even by other classmates because of how he looked. Eh? Oh, wow. Yeah, That's but my great-great-grandma, she was from Standing Buffalo there, Tantankanaji. Okay. She was hmm. the one who could speak all the languages. My great-great-grandma, Mary Deegan, she could speak Cree, Soto, Dakota, Machif, uh, Latin, French, and then even English. So she was really multilingual. <laughs> wow. But but back then, everybody could speak, you know, three, four languages. Okay. Yeah, I, I should, I'll talk, I should check with my cousin. She's sort of the, uh, sort of a bit of the family historian there. So she knows more than I do. She's a, it's amazing. She's just a couple years older than I am, but she was raised on Standing Buffalo too. And uh-huh. she's, she's a, um, uh, she's a Le Swiss. So. Le Swiss. Yeah. Yeah, like my cousin Cherish, her name's Cherish Baptiste. She's from Standing Buffalo. She's the one who kind of linked me into all the family history. She was like, Well, you're my cousin. I was like, How am I your cousin? I, I just met you. And she's like, Well, this is how. And then she told me. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I was born, I was, well, I was born in Regina, but I was I raised on, I was raised here, or not raised here, but raised on cows there. So I knew, I just knew all my family from there because I'm related to everybody on Cowsis because of my mom and my dad. They're both from there. Okay. Like, I'm a I'm a Lara and I'm a Delorum. I'm an Achkate. I'm a Pelche. I'm a Desirely. I'm all these last names that are still on the reserve. And like even my cousin Cadmus, it's funny. He's the, he's like the chief of my reserve. Yeah. Yeah, Cadmus. Me and him are double related. Eh? <laughs> I call him my uncle cousin. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, because Cadmus is grandfather and uh and my great great grandfather on my father's side were brothers and then cadmus's grandmother and my great grandmother on my mother's side were sisters so me and him are double related on both sides oh wow yeah so i was just born i was raised out there just with all my family but i'm really light skin eh? so that's why when people see me they don't think i'm native i'm I'm really fair. I just have long hair now, so that kind of helps. But I always laugh because my mom even told me, she's like, well, you grew out your hair. 
and I know you like you want to you kind of want to look native like you want to look first nations you 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 you're grabbing your culture and she's like that's good and she's like but every time I see you I can't just help to think that you know from a long ways away you just look like a white guy with long hair and I was like oh what no <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, this is me. I'm going to learn how to braid my own hair and I'll be good and you won't think I'm awake anymore. <laughs> but I guess speaking the language helps now so I can at least then people, I can just speak the language and they'll know. <laughs> so thank you very much. It was wonderful talking to you. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Have a good day. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Darian graduated from the First Nations University of Canada in 2021, where he currently teaches Cree. You can listen to Darian speak the Cree language in conversation with his instructor and mentor, Solomon Ratt, host of Salt Squatch Speaks. Thanks to the Government of Canada for funding, and thanks to the First Nation University of Canada for their support. This is Namahal Makipazo. Hear me, show me. I'm Miranda Harris.